for all the talk about social media and how it's such an amazing tool for building your business, for building your audience, for you know getting sales, which is all true, there's actually something more powerful. And we're going to talk about that today. I have the broke agent, Eric Simon, on the show to talk about this amazing tool that I guarantee you're underutilizing. And we also talk about threads. Is it already dead? The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Massive Agent Podcast, episode 291. I am your host, Dustin Brome, here in Salt Lake City, and we have one hell of a show today. The conversation that I have with our guest, with the broke agent who's on the show today, the conversation that we have for like the last half of the of the episode is freaking amazing. It's super raw. Uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes talk in it, and I think you're going to find it in- incredibly encouraging because let's be real. It's frustrating to build a successful business. It's frustrating to be in business. It's frustrating to be a real estate agent at any level. And uh, I want you to hear the conversation we have because I think you're going to leave fired the hell up and refocused on what's actually important. Be, um, so I'm excited for you. But but what we're talking about is this tool that is more powerful than social media for getting sales. Okay, for getting people to actually take action on the things you want them to take action on. You want them to click a link. You want them to read something. You want them to watch something. You want them to go to a certain place or do a certain thing or go to your event, whatever. You need to be using this tool and it's not social media. Social media is extremely powerful, but you are underutilizing this tool. We're going to get into that. But first, is threads already dead? Last week's episode was about whether or not you should be on threads. And in most cases, you at least need to have a profile and sample the thing, but you need to ask yourself some more critical questions about whether or not you should be spending considerable time on threads. Well, a lot changes in a week. This is the third week that threads has been in business, if you will, that that threads has had its doors open and some shit has changed. And Eric is going to share with us his thoughts and perspective on whether or not threads is already dead. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are old to the podcast, that doesn't sound right. If you have been listening for a while, first off, thank you for coming back. But if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Grab your phone, reach for, if if it's Apple, if it's Spotify, reach for your phone and go to the subscribe button. Hit that button because what that does is it tells the platform, it tells the podcast platform which podcasts people are actually demanding. And when they see that a podcast is being subscribed to, they share that podcast with new people that don't listen yet. So it's gonna help us to grow the show, but it's also gonna make your life easier because then you don't have to remember that every Thursday morning, there's a new podcast episode. It's just gonna automatically download, bing, bang, boom, you get a notification, podcast is there, you click play, makes your life easier, helps us grow the show, win-win, thank you so much. And if you would, leave a quick rating and review. If you've already subscribed and you're looking for something to do to help out in growing the show, Um, leave us a quick rating or review on Apple or Spotify. You can quickly do so if you're, if you're an Apple listener over on massiveagentpodcast.com slash review, made it super easy, goes right to it, 
leave us a quick rating or review, and let us know what you love about the show because that's what keeps us going. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in this conversation. In the, in the second half of this episode with Eric, um, you're going to hear more about the behind the scenes of this. So stay tuned for that. Something that I'm really excited to announce today, we're doing a special training. I'm going to be doing a special training for you guys completely free on Wednesday, July 26th. Wednesday, July 26th, free training. You can register for free. Uh, we do only have a certain number of, of spots available. It's, it's a Zoom webinar. You know, they're limited on the space. So make sure you grab your spot ASAP. But this is a special one. This is not just me talking about um, you know, YouTube or podcasting or social media or video or anything like that. I'm going to dive deep into how I've been able to quadruple my income over the last three years and specifically the formula that I've used. There's really two formulas, two parts to it anyways, that I've used. I followed what I'm going to teach you and by following it, it's helped me to completely transform my life, my lifestyle, and and 4X my income. And you can all do it as well. This is not just something that I'm, I'm not some super special dude. In fact, most of you will probably be able to surpass what I've done even faster if you know the recipe, if you know the blueprint. So the first part is, is it's all about mindset. It's all about what is bouncing around in your head. What kind of shit do you say to yourself all day long? If you know, if you're aware of a, of a few concepts that I bet you're not aware of right now, if you're aware of a few concepts and do a few specific exercises, all of a sudden you're going to notice you start accomplishing more, the results start happening faster, you start attracting people, resources, and opportunities that you need to hit your goals, and they just start happening. It just feels normal. You feel like a freaking magnet, and these exercises are extremely simple. You just have to know how to do them, and I'm going to lay that out for you. And the next part is, is some tactical stuff on how to specifically get people to hire you from your social media content, from your videos. There's a specific formula to doing video if your goal is to get hired. If you want to get a bunch of views, that's one thing, but to actually get hired, there's a specific formula. You put the two together, it's rocket fuel for your business and your income. And I'm going to lay this whole thing out for you. So real estate agents, loan officers, hell, anyone listening in any, in any area, this is, I mean, I don't think there's anything I'm going to talk about that is only for real estate agents or only for loan officers. If you're in business, for God's sakes, this webinar is going to be for you, especially for you in the real estate space. So you can grab your spot in this free training on July 26th over at massiveagentpodcast.com slash webinar. Go do it today. Get your spot. I'm going to bring the freaking heat and you're going to hear some shit. You're going to hear some stuff from me that you have not heard from before. And I'm telling you right now, this stuff is actually, this will move the needle for you if you implement it. But you have to know what to do first. See you there, July 26th, massiveagentpodcast.com slash webinar. Grab your spot. And speaking of that, we still have some tickets for our in-person live Power Day workshop here in Salt Lake City on August 26th. You can get all the details over at powerdayevent.com. There's a very small group of agents and lenders getting together here in Salt Lake. And I'm telling you, we're going to be diving deep actually implementing. You're going to leave changed. You're going to leave upgraded. You're going to leave much further ahead in your business than when you showed up. We're going to, we're not just going to tell you what to do. We're going to actually do it with you. If you're in the room, Power Day Workshop, powerdayevent.com. Go grab your spots now.
Okay, let's get into this interview, this talk, this conversation with the broke agent himself, Eric Simon, co-founder of BAM. Really, really cool conversation that I think is going to help a lot of you and not for the reasons you might think. So uh, make sure you, you stay through for that. But first, we talk about threads. Is it dead? What you need to be doing to have any traction on it? What the benefit of it is when you should or shouldn't be using threads as an agent? Um, it, you're going to find that really insightful. But this whole damn episode, do not tune out. Do not half listen. Uh, you're going to want to hear all the way to the end. Trust me on that. Let's go. What's up, guys? I'm here with the broke agent, Eric Simon, the man behind BAM. And uh, Eric, is Threads dead? Like, are, are we are we Just living right through the that. death of Threads? It feels like it today that Threads <laughs> is dead. There's yes. no way it is because they've had over 100 million users, I think, in the first week, right? So there's probably 200 plus million on it right now. But the action on Threads in week three, which we're in right now compared to week one, is down exponentially from my personal experience and then also from the numbers. The Google searches are down. The average uh, retention time on threads is down like 70 or 80% since that first week. So I'm not going to say it's dead, but it's hanging on by a thread. Yes. Like well, that? it's like it, it came out of the gate like this juiced up racehorse like just barreling out of the gates. Like you said, 100 million users in the first week, which is insane. I don't think that's ever been done before uh, up to this point. And it, I think you used the word euphoric. I saw you use the word euphoric. It was almost euphoric that first week. Everyone was so excited, this shiny new object. I still like threads and think it's going to be around, but there's certainly it certainly lost a lot of that uh, gusto that it had the first week. So um, first off, like, should every real estate agent be on threads? What do you think about that? I would say yes, because you want to test out the written word and see how you can communicate with other people. I'm always preaching to be on as many platforms as possible. And threads has a direct connection to Instagram with the built-in following. So it's very easy to set up. It's not like setting up a new Twitter account where you're just posting into the ether or a new TikTok account where nobody follows you. So in order to set up a threads, it takes two seconds and you're going to have followers immediately and engagement immediately. And as a new form of communication for a lot of people that never experienced Twitter or that don't blog, it is fun to tweet or thread your inner monologue. It is mm -hmm. fun to connect with people and engage with content from a completely different perspective. We're so used to just video, 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 which we've all been preaching nonstop, which is far more effective in my opinion than written word. If yeah. you're good you know, with your thumbs and you can think of funny stuff to say and witty stuff to say and reply to people, totally worth doing. And again, this is week three, right? Threads, it, I'm sure they're going to come up with so many different features. I'm sure like yeah. Zuckerberg is a smart, smart dude. Adam Assiri is a smart man. Like they are going to come up with enough ways to keep you on the platform. They've done a fantastic job of, of evolving Facebook to Instagram and Instagram adopting every single feature that is effective on these other platforms that to not create a thread account just because you hear it's dead, uh, you know, week three, kind of a stupid move. So yes, you should be on it, but I, I don't think you have to spend an enormous amount of time uh, doing it. I don't think you're going to get leads from it right away. That's for sure. Right, right. And this whole threads being dead thing, I'm using it as kind of a clickbait title Correct. to grab your attention, but I am hearing a lot of people say threads is dead. Like, come the fuck on. There's 100, 100 million users. Uh, 
last week I did a show sharing my thoughts two weeks into my Threads journey, and I, I agree with you to a point. I think that every agent should at least sample it. They should set up the account and sample it, but do they use it regularly? I think that depends on if, if Threads is going to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, and you just have to know what you're trying to do. Uh, we, I mean, we still know agents that are wildly successful that sell hundreds of homes that literally don't use social media. So I know that that's uncommon, and I always ask them, well, imagine if you did use social, how many you'd sell? Um, so it's not like it's required, but it could be a very valuable tool. Who are the agents that you think Threads would be a great tool for? I think the agents that are good writers, the agents that have a, a successful newsletter or a successful blog and being able to cut down the blog into more micro content. I think it's really effective or the agents that enjoy just participating in more conversations that aren't just in Instagram comments. Instagram comments are not really a fun place for conversation or battles. It's a fun place to tag people and share content and just watch something. But very rarely do I scroll through Instagram comments and see what people are talking about. Threads is definitely more right. for conversation. So people that maybe use Twitter or that are just used to the written word more, that's probably a good opportunity for people to use threads. Also people that just want to connect with other agents because a lot of agents, we're probably one of the main professions actually that just jumped on threads right away. Obviously my feed is mostly real estate agents because that's who I mostly follow. But mm -hmm. you know, this app doesn't make sense for a lot of other professions. A lot, a lot of my friends who are big on Instagram, not big on Instagram, but who that's their main form of social engagement and their main social platform, they haven't even thought about touching threads, right? This is, this is not that intriguing to them. They're already on Twitter. We're looking at like, holy shit, this is a new place to get uh, engagement. This is a new place to possibly reach clients. Like we're jumping on it from a sales perspective. So yeah, the people that, that like blogging, like sending emails, get on threads. Yeah. Even though it's dead. <laughs> Even though it has died already. Yes. Exactly. F fastest growth and fastest death in social media history. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I've noticed this and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I didn't really notice this until I heard others talking about it on threads, but a lot of these personalities, and I don't even mean in real estate, I just mean in general, these personalities that are influencers that built these big followings on Instagram, which is all visual, right? All of a sudden they go to threads and they have like 3% of their followers follow them on threads or, or they're just posting the same videos. And some, a few people pointed out threads has kind of revealed who actually has an interesting shit to say. And, yes. and I think, I don't, I think that's right on. Um, I've noticed there's some people that I added on threads and I'm, you see nothing from them. Um, others that I'm, I'm starting to like more because they do have interesting stuff to say on threads because it is just the written word. So what are your thoughts on that? I, yeah, I totally agree. A lot of people with fake followings who hop onto threads and there's nothing there. Uh, right. it, it's an entire new muscle of content creation is writing stuff. And that's why it's so fun to experiment. That's why I, when people download this app, they're like, I could talk about what I just ate. I have more freedom now. I'm not sanctioned to the algorithm that I'm so used to on Instagram. So you saw a lot of people just saying a little bit more unhinged things that have nothing to do with their specific industry, which I did find a lot more enjoyable instead of consuming the same type of content over and over again. And yeah, the people that are more visual that are just posting pictures of themselves or the OnlyFans models or whatever, I don't really know what they're going to say necessarily on threads that's going to be as engaging as posting a photo. So 
I think it's it's worth it to find a different side of these creators, influencers, agents that you follow because I know that I've already posted way more personal stuff on threads than I do on the Broke Agent Instagram because people on the Broke Agent Instagram, they just want to see real estate jokes. Even when I try Mm -hmm. to plug something that's related to real estate that provides an enormous amount of value or a podcast, that just turns off a lot of people. Like I have to basically stick to just memes and reels. And it's, it's really frustrating. And threads, I'm like, oh, I could share a picture of my wife. I could talk about sports. I could talk about politics. I could share a picture of my dog. Like, I know those are cliche things to say, but it is, it, it felt a little bit more liberating at the beginning of threads. Although I'm just using it 90% less on week three than I was in week one. So now <laughs> I'm just not even that excited about it anymore. It's just, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen with it. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's going to have the clubhouse effect. God, I hope not. Clubhouse died a quick death, but I mean, it was, well, that was also during COVID and there, there was something yeah. about reconnecting with people during, you know, all the bullshit of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. also Club- I thought it was Clubhouse- just me. Go ahead. Yeah. Clubhouse didn't have the lasting effect that threads has where you could actually build up a content bank, right? Clubhouse, everybody right. was just talking and then the content disappears. So there's no reason to really stay on the app except to keep listening to other people. Threads could be way more passive where you could actually scroll to someone's profile and see all the stuff that they're saying. So I think it's way more sticky than a clubhouse. And you're totally right. Like it, it was a product of its time, right? Clubhouse and Zooms and just, like you said, virtual conferences and hearing other people's voices instead of just, you know, whoever you're living with at the time. That's why it was so popular. Yes. Yeah. And I know Twitter copied it with Twitter spaces. Yeah. And, you know, like 17 people participate in Twitter spaces. So I don't know. Um, I thought it was just me this last weekend. I, I was traveling. I was at uh, an event in Vegas, Neil Dingra's forward event. Fucking amazing, by the way. But I was busy and distracted, so I wasn't on threads much. And then this morning, I noticed I was just back into my Instagram groove, and I kind of forgot about threads until lunchtime. And it feels like everyone else had a something happen over the weekend where they forgot about it. But um, what you said about like the OnlyFans models, I don't know what they'd use threads for because that, that's, that's a visual thing, right? Uh, there's, threads has no use for them. But... What's cool about threads and why I like it, and I think you've said something along these lines, it's it's an it's a uh, you can use it to just share what's on your mind at the moment. It's like because you can't always do that in an Instagram post. You can't even always do that in an Instagram story. There, it takes a little bit more thought. With threads, if you just have some thought that comes in your in your mind, you just spit it out. And and if you've already done it twenty times that day already, it doesn't matter. Like you're not overdoing it on threads. Yeah, I, so, don't, I don't think the engagement of one thread will infect the engagement of another. I mean, maybe it does. I don't know anything about the algorithm right now. But if I assume the way it works where, where Twitter works, it's not like Instagram stories where if your first three Instagram stories flopped, your fourth one's going to do even worse. That's not how it is with threads. If you post one bad thread or a thread that nobody engages with, I assume your third and your fourth and your fifth thread that day are being unleashed to the audience in a completely new way and aren't succumbed to this algorithm that has already imprisoned you to your bad posts prior to that day. So I I love that aspect of it for sure. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like it doesn't have this algorithm that punishes you the second you have something that isn't earth shattering to talk about. Like on Instagram, if it's not earth shattering or super attention getting, they're like, fuck you, you're done for yeah, the day. Exactly. Um, <laughs> they literally, you're literally done for the day. 
It's, yeah. If, you if your story sucks or your feed post sucks for that day, <laughs> you could just tell when it's a bad Instagram day. You're literally done. You're just yeah. like, well, I may as well not promote anything today. I may as well not try to get people to sign up for my email list or do anything because I'm already finished. I got to wait another 24 hours or delete the stories, which is, which is crazy. But that that's why Instagram is also so addicting. They know when to like pull it back and then like push it forward and give you a bunch of juice. They know like just the right amount of casino like feature to give you that, like, you know, that engagement. Mm. Yeah. They're pumping oxygen into the room. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a casino. It's oxygen. You got perfume, you got beautiful waitresses walking around and out of nowhere down like, you know, 10,000 bucks. <laughs> yes. Which none of us have ever done. Never. For the record. Of We've course. heard of these people, but never us. It was a hypothetical situation, that's all. Yes. Not Dan O'Neill either. Never. Never. No. No. He's <laughs> yeah. straight laces could be. Uh, absolutely. So, Eric, if you yeah. were if you were launching threads, if you had uh, you know all of your goals and objectives and everything wrapped into it <clears throat> and your perspective of Instagram and social media, all of it. If you were launching threads from day one, what would you have done differently? How would threads look different than it does today if you were launching it? Hmm, that's tough. I, I would definitely launch with a search feed because I feel like people want to discover people. Um, I, I don't know if there's a search feed now, is there? I don't think so. I don't think there is yet, but I think that aspect's really important. Um, and then I would have flipped the like button and the comment button because I always get confused about the the like button being on the left and the comment being button being on the right to reply to people we're just not trained to be like that usually the i think it's reverse right it feels like it's flipped with threads so that just kind of messes with me a little bit i don't know i thought the way they launched it was was really effective with the built-in followings i thought the interface is super clean i think it like twitter appears to be a little clunkier compared to threads and then i like to be able to see replies i think that's What's really awesome about Twitter is you could kind of see the thread of the actual reply while you're scrolling through Twitter. In threads, you have to open up the replies and see what people are saying and then get engagement through that. So I would have changed that. But I, I think for like a minimal product, the way they launched it was was pretty good because any, everybody who downloaded threads that hadn't even used Twitter before seemed to like get a hang of it right away, right? The, the barrier to entry was basically non-existent. It's very simple. You just throw out some words, and reply to people that's basically it like yeah that's that's basically threads uh i i still think it's a great platform it's an opportunity for you to connect with people or to allow them opportunities to connect with you if it's just video that's great but with the algorithms like we were just talking about sometimes you could have an amazing video that lots of people would have connected with but because your previous three videos sucked only a fraction are going to see this banger, but then you take some of those same thoughts and you just put them on threads and they can kind of breathe on their own and run free, uh, at least as far as we understand it today. So it's, it's an added opportunity. If you are trying to build influence and let people discover you and who you are and what you offer and how you're different than other agents, threads could be a great complement to it. But I know you've seen this too a lot of agents, especially the first week, they stopped doing the income producing activities and just went down the threads rabbit hole. You want to avoid that. Like you don't want to not record your YouTube video for the week because you were busy uh, dicking around on threads. Like have some intention with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could definitely just suck up a lot of time. 
But it, like you said, it, it's really good for connecting with people. Replying to people on threads to me is equally as fun as posting. And I think for, for people who can't come up with anything to post, you have the ability now to just scroll through a bunch of accounts and give your two cents because so many people are asking questions and trying to like create conversations out of it. So it's an entire new way to create content without actually publishing content. And this is one of the original ways that I grew the broke agent Instagram account is just commenting on so many other pages. And this is, you know, Gary V did a green screen about this a week ago saying use his dollar 80 strategy on threads. As you're scrolling through threads, make sure you're leaving a ton of comments because that's a great way to get more exposure and introduce your brand to other people without actually, actually having to think of the initial start to that conversation. So if I was an agent and I had, you know, 10, 15 minutes before an open house, go on threads and leave your two cents on a bunch of, uh, threads and become a reply guy. I like it. it. I think, I think I heard Chelsea Pite say this the first time where it really clicked with me, but comments are content. Yeah. And especially on threads. Cause like we talked about earlier, the discoverability is just not there. Like, uh, it's really hard to discover new creators or new people unless you're already connected with them on Instagram. And so I've noticed that the, the shit that's suggested to me, a lot of that is other comments, people commenting on someone I don't follow. And then I, then all of a sudden they're on my radar and uh, mm-hmm. I've followed people that way. So it comments are a great way to get discovered on all platforms. Yeah. It's, it just seems like on threads, that's almost all there is for, uh, for expanding your audience at this point. I love boosting the BAM account on threads with the broke agent account. So I'll post something on the BAM account, then wait 10 minutes and just leave a comment from the broke agent account. And then I'll see that thread has already picked up a ton of engagement just because people have seen that the broke agent account have commented on this. So Mm. I was really excited about it when it first launched because the way you could plug content in such a different way than Instagram, people don't really want to click on links as much on Instagram, especially Instagram stories where, you know, we frequent our links with threads and Twitter. I'm way more likely to click on an article on a podcast because I'm already consuming what that person is writing. Do I want to read more? Yes, I'm going to click on this link. And Threads has done a great job at being able to embed that picture in that YouTube video as opposed to Twitter, at least on the mobile app when you're scrolling, you can't embed it, right? You just have to click the li- you put the link and then you have to actually manually upload a thumbnail. Otherwise, it just shows as that raw link without the embedded picture. So Threads has done a good job at that. So I was really excited about plugging a bunch of uh, BAM articles and just taking little excerpts and using quotes from those and different pictures and finding a different way to repackage the content. And I still am excited about it. It's just, like I said, the euphoria has completely been wiped out the last couple of weeks. And the attention, as you said, I think maybe before this just is already back on Instagram. So can they get it back? Possibly. I, I think they will to a certain extent. But if I'm being honest, I did an episode on threads last week. My, my fucking excitement for threads is now exhausted. So let's talk yeah. about something else. Okay. Let's, no more threads. No the threads. It, it's dead to us. As far as this episode is concerned, okay, we beat the horse. We, that horse was dead and we kept beating it. So here we yeah, go. We did. We but, did. All right, dude, let's talk about bam because bam's been around for just over a year, right? It's been like, yes, like literally just about a year, a year and two months. First off, congratulations! It's thank you incredible to see what it, what a footprint you and uh, and Byron and, and the crew has built in just a year. I mean, it speaks to your brand, but also your 
work ethic and your willingness to reinvest back into growing the thing. I mean, I, I only know a little bit about what you guys do. I only see a little bit, which is more than most, but um, it's really impressive. But in the last year, I know there's been ups and downs. What, what have been some of the biggest things you've learned about launching a startup or about the industry? I mean, take that wherever you want. What are some of the biggest things you've learned over the last year? We've learned that the real estate industry, the agent industry in terms of how they consume content, it's not that big, right? There's 1.5 million, 1.6 million licensed real estate agents. You probably know the, know the number better than I do. And we went really broad with content where we were just getting a bunch of shows. We were publishing an enormous amount of blogs, sending a ton of emails. And we're like, we just need to you know, ac- accumulate talent and post as much as possible and be out there. And we realized that we're shoving so much content into kind of a small distribution to a small audience. And that's kind of been like the, the most eye-opening thing is we kind of thought, all right, we're going to launch this YouTube channel. We're posting on it every single day. We're going to have videos. They're going to be getting 50,000, 60,000 views. And our YouTube channel is going to blow up and everybody's going to be coming to us for education. And to, to an, uh, a point it has, like there's been a lot of people that now get a lot of their content, their real estate news, their marketing updates and everything from BAM. But it's just, it's such a long game with this. And it's yes. it's about you know, ripping market share away from the legacy media companies that have had such a stranglehold on this industry where people are so used to going on these other things, uh, you know, like an Inman or a housing wire, as opposed to just consuming content uh, through podcasts, through video clips and through uh, blogs that are kind of more bite-sized. So the number one thing that we've definitely learned is just the real estate industry just real estate agents, that's small. We need to reach more consumers. We need to reach more investors. We need to reach more people in mortgage and escrow in order for this thing to really, really grow. Because out of those 1.5 million agents, how many of them are listening to podcasts? How many of them want to listen to real estate podcasts? How many want to listen to seven real estate podcasts or shows? So now it's about kind of divert, not diverting, but evolving what our focus is, what's really working, what's the content people are engaging with, and then going all in on those pieces of content. Oh, that's super insightful. I I agree with you. It feels like that. It, it's easy to look at that number of like one and a half million realtors, and then I think there's like two million total agents. You know, there's some that aren't aren't with NAR, right? Um, and and to think, holy shit, if we could just get ten percent of that, or you know, whatever. Well, it's also very segmented. How many of those are actually practicing? Of those that are practicing, how many actually give a shit about growth and about what's happening in the housing market or about you know marketing and growing their business? And you start breaking it down, and you're right. It's a much smaller group than than hundred thousand, and then right another percentage of that that actually even see the content. Like when we produce content. And we're like-minded, obviously, like, you know, we're doing the same thing. We're doing podcasting. You're with BAM. We're in constant communication. So we think that a lot of people are thinking like us, like, I have to create content. This is what I want to do for my marketing. I want to uh, engage with this content and consume it and learn more. But not every, like you said, not everybody agent wants to do this. A lot of the successful agents don't give a a shit about this, right? Like you're 40, 50, 60, and you're a top producer, you're not you're not turning on the Overass podcast, or you're not you're not going to turn on the walkthrough and listen to Dan and I talking shit to each other. Like these are, I love these products that we've created, but we're we're just. I think our expectation of like this exponential growth uh, is going to be a little bit more difficult than we thought. And then another thing we learned 
sorry for rambling, but this Ramble. this is probably the, the number one thing that we learned. Email distribution and email growth and accumulation is basically everything. That's the data that matters. That's what drives the clicks. That's what gets people to watch the podcast. That's what gets people to sign up to a BAMX or to watch our YouTube videos. It's all the email subscription uh, because people don't really click on that many links on Instagram. The conversion from the broke agent is a lot more difficult than we thought. You know, I could get a thousand people to click on a link for a free ebook. That's great, but I'm not plugging every blog. I'm not plugging, you know, so it's about growing all these other accounts and the email and yeah, there you go. This is really, uh, I hope that this is encouraging to people listening. It's, it's just resetting your expectations because a lot of times we look at people who are influencers in the space or influencers in your market that just are doing a ton of business and they have these big follower numbers or their 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 videos get, you know, 4 million views or whatever and you think that you'd have to have that in order to have success. That's total bullshit. You need to have a fraction of it. And really you need to be consistent with a small fraction of it and you can have a thriving business. So it, it's not the vanity metric that drives what's important. Like you said, you know, you have all these big social media numbers, but your email is what drives like what you want people to do or where you want them to go. It's the email list. And yep. that's uh that's super important. I dude, I've completely underestimated my email list. I'm still underestimating it, but I see people like Cody Sperber, Pace Morby. I mean, th- those are the, the main two real estate investor guys that I follow. Billy Jean, Billy Jean is marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all blast out emails a ton and a ton more than their social content. And that's where they make all their money from. You talk to any of them and they say our email list is where we make all the conversions from. So c- probably a clue, probably kind of a, a clue there for agents to not focus quite so much exclusively on just how do you get a video to go viral, but you do that plus, you know, make sure you have regular emails going out for God's sakes. Most agents I talk to, I'd say one out of 20, mm-hmm. maybe one out of 15 has regularly scheduled emails that go out to their database. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Don't get me wrong. Like we're, sure. we're doing an, we're doing an email a day and this is right. Like when I started the broke agent wasn't doing that many emails just to maybe promote the over ass podcast. And that's long after I started the broke agent. And then it was maybe if I did a blog because I was writing for the close at the time. So I was doing like an email a month and then that became an email week with just the over ass show. And then now we have other shows and we have four or five blogs a day. So we have to get an email every single day. And that's the most important thing that we do every day is the email. What do we use for the title? What do we use for the subheader? What's the open rate? What's the click-through rate? And that's what drives the majority of the clicks because until BAM becomes a household name like an Inman, not too many people are going to go on nowbam.com just organically, right? You're not going to be sitting at your computer or Safari on your phone. You're going to type in nowbam.com to see what the news is. we, We have to deliver it into your face. We have to yeah. get into your inbox. We have to post it to Instagram. We have to post it to Twitter. We have to catch you where you are, which I think we're doing a good job at. But it's just that email is everything. It just it, it, every, you know, Tom Ferry's been talking about it, Pantana, like everyone preaches it. But there is a reason, just like you said, that all these marketers are obsessed with email. It's because you own that list too. You could still get kicked off of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads for saying the wrong thing. Who knows? And then 
what does that following convert to? That the following doesn't convert to anything basically on Instagram anyway. I have four hundred fifty thousand followers. I could only get a thousand clicks sometimes. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. way less than a thousand. A thousand's a lot, but then get those people to actually convert to something. It's very difficult, but email people are used to clicking and they're used to reading from emails. Yes. And the inbox, like once it's in your inbox, it's there, you know, as long as it was delivered, which, you know, you you have to do a few things right to get emails delivered. It's not super difficult at all, but basically just do everything on the up and up and you get them delivered and you could have somebody that doesn't even they don't even show up as opening the email, but then three weeks from now they go back and they're like, I, I meant to go back and click on that and watch that thing or click on that link or see what that's all about. And they do people plan to take action from emails on social taking action interrupts them from why they're there. Yes, exactly. Um, you're, you're used to scrolling on social. All you want to do is see the next entertaining, funny thing, maybe share it. Very rarely are you going to go through someone's story. There's going to be something there that says, hey, click this. You got to watch this video. And you're going to click it. Actually, go to the YouTube app if you even have the YouTube app. Otherwise, you're just watching it in shitty Safari and the ad pops up. And then the second you log out of it or you get a text message, you're not even watching that video anymore. Like so many things have to go right for people to click that link and then stay on whatever blog or video you're sending them. But email, it's there, like you said. And you can always embed all of your Instagram posts, your Facebook posts, your blogs into your email. So you already have, like if you're producing nonstop Instagram content, you're producing nonstop video content, then you have something to say in your email right there. So you're, you're good to go. Yes. Well, to speak a little further about this, I'm just, you know, a little story about how my mind works. Whenever I come out with a new podcast episode, which uh, comes out on YouTube on Wednesdays, but the podcast on audio comes out on Thursdays. When it comes out on Wednesdays, I look forward to Bam sending the email, which has the link to my episode, because mm-hmm. that's where all the clicks come from. It's yep. not coming from sharing it in our stories. Like, I mean, we'll get a few clicks, but I know that there's going to be a big, big spike in clicks to the video and views once the email goes out every single time. You're also and not stuck with the algorithm, right? Because when there's yes. days that if it's a Wednesday and the massive agent podcast is going up, you have to have the perfect algorithm day to even convert on Instagram. But email is not worried about that type of thing. Obviously there is, I don't know if there's an email algorithm, but it's the, the status and like health of the people you're sending it to, not their actual physical health, but just like, are they real people? Are they responding to the email? Are they opening the email? Um, but yeah, then you're, you're not just, just forced to to deal with with Instagram. I think so many people just focus on this, thinking that you could convert from it. But it's take it from me, it's extremely extremely difficult. Well, convert. I didn't plan to go from Threads is dead to we love email. Uh, but <laughs> email's here, we are. here. Email's here to stay. Clearly, right? It's been around for I, I don't even know how many years. Like this yeah. is this is the one thing. If you have a a, a client list of 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 people, that is 10 times more value than an Instagram following of 40,000, 50,000, even if you're getting agent-to-agent referrals, because that is your list, that is that is your database that you're consistently sending stuff to. Those are the people that will consume your content too as you continuously send it out for them. So yeah, from, from, from BAM, email growth, main driver. Also YouTube uh, for us is, is the second most important, just getting more subscribers, getting more people to buy into the long form because when they buy into your long form, that's when they're more likely to you know, go to your conferences, see you speak, and then really engage and 
appreciate the the creators on a on a different level as opposed to just seeing their instagram videos one thousand percent it the podcast has been so incredible for letting people connect with me and really get to know me like yeah because with a podcast i get people listening on average every week for 45 minutes like you show me a youtube video where you're getting 45 minute average view time and and that's like the best youtube video of all time yeah so the podcast and YouTube videos, I mean, not to, uh, YouTube videos for what they are, are fucking incredible for letting people see you for more than 30 seconds. Yes. You really can get people, people can really get to know you. So you can build, they can build relationships with you at scale while you're doing other stuff, while you're out there doing more content or out there meeting with clients, you're out there hanging out with your family. People are getting to know you through your long form stuff. It's so important. I was at, the forward event this last weekend and it was super humbling how many people came up to me and knew me from the podcast and knew something about me personally because of the podcast. And sometimes they said shit that I had totally forgotten about like yeah. a little comment I threw out there one time about something I did or what was happening in my life at the time. And they remembered it and mentioned it or, Hey, remember that one episode about this or that? And I was like, I don't remember, but I, Holy shit, you're right. It's just crazy the impact that long-form content can have. And it was a great reminder of that. So I, I'm with you, man. Um, That's why the, the Overass podcast changed my brand, right? It was just the broke agent before that. And, you know, coughing contracts and templates. And I would started blogging and doing ebooks and building that list. But having the long-form YouTube and having the long-form on Spotify and Apple with Matt doing the Overass podcast and having 30-minute, 40-minute episodes, it was just a completely different way to connect with the audience because most people just knew me as the broke agent, like the guy behind posting the same real estate jokes over and over and over again. And then once I could talk on the podcast, they're like, oh shit, he actually kind of knows a little bit about marketing. Now I want to read his other eBooks. Now I want to read his blogs. Now I want to listen to Matt. Now Matt's doing a ton of real estate business. You know, like there's, it, it really changed people's perspective on us, which is cool. A thousand percent. And you get a lot of speaking opportunities as a direct result too, right? Yes, exactly. And it, and it all happened before the podcast. Uh, I mean, I was always invited to speak, but I never knew what I was going to say because it wasn't... <laughs> I remember a housing wire happy hour thing that was so awkward. Oh, well, that wasn't my fault. That was because the no. the Wi-Fi and whatever. But yes, it all people weird, yeah. cared about at the beginning was what is the broke agent and why you're creating this content and how do you come up with funny content? Because like it was a novel brand at the beginning, right? Like 2015, 16, 17 agents hadn't even really dived or dove or whatever into funny real estate content or have gone all in on content marketing. This has kind of been a recent 2019 and on thing, especially during the pandemic. Everyone was just like, okay, video hundred percent. I get it now. So everybody just wanted to know, what's with the broke agent? Why'd you call the broke agent? Are you actually broke? Do you sell real estate? You know, kind of same line of questioning. And I didn't think I had anything. I mean, I knew I had more to offer, but I, I just, I didn't know what I was going to say as a, as a speaking gig for this. Now I have so much more to speak on because as a media company, we're publishing content on all these platforms and I know what works and what doesn't now. Still yeah. learning oh. every day, but I just, I have a better grasp on it. Absolutely. So, had you not done the Overass podcast, do you think you would have launched BAM? I think it was a foundational content piece for it. Probably, Seems like probably it. not. Um, 
you know, it, it was just kind of the beginning of getting a different audience on, onto audio and onto video and then building that YouTube channel. Byron and I were already talking about doing something together, whether it was uh, real estate education or, and he already had a podcast. So it was still kind of like, you know, in, in the ether. But I think because Overask was relatively successful, that's when we realized that there could be more podcasts, there could be more perspectives, there could be more blogs, stuff like that. So I think it was definitely the beginning of it. It's amazing how one, you and you don't know it at the time. You're like, let's do a podcast. Sounds like a good idea. You don't know what it's going to lead to. I, when I think back to five and a half years ago when I launched this show, I just wanted to reach more agents and I was a, I'm a marketer and I want to do all the shiny objects and podcasts are one of those things. And I, I knew it could potentially reach a lot of new people and, and help me build connections and influence with a lot more, but I didn't know what it would have led to. I didn't realize that it would allow me eventually within a fairly short period of time to, to completely get out of selling homes. Like I haven't sold a house personally in, in a few years, but last month, as the numbers just came out today, last month, 132 homes were sold in my organization and I didn't talk to any of the clients. That's incredible. I wouldn't have even known how to do that shit or any of it was possible or been connected with the people who could show me how to build it had I not taken the first step and launched the show. It's crazy how thin the thread is when, you, when you're looking backwards, how taking action here or not taking action changes everything. It's yeah. really wild. Yeah. And that the podcast started out of something called the BNN, which was the broke news network, which was Ben ah, Fisher and myself in a long beach garage doing seven to 10 minute videos about real estate news and real estate marketing, just kind of SNL style, funny stuff. And then Matt Leonetti would produce our Canadian segment and he'd just produce like the funniest 60 second video. And as the pandemic started to wear off or whatever, and we all got busier. I was like, I can't keep going down to Long Beach and filming the show that nobody's watching. It was frustrating because we were only publishing it on IGTV at the time, not even YouTube, which was a moronic move. Uh, mm. And then Matt said, let's do a podcast. I was like, this is way easier. There's no cost. Um, and we could talk about similar topics, real estate marketing. And yeah, it started just him. Like It was just him interviewing Ryan Serhant and Jordan Cohen, because I was like, this is the Broke Agent Presents. This is an extension of the brand. I don't even have to be on it. Then Matt interviewed me, and we had really good chemistry. And that's kind of when the the whole like show t took a turn to, let's talk to agents about content marketing. Okay. So, so originally, originally did the show launch, and you were just kind of like, Matt, you handle that? Like, you yeah, do the podcast? Cause, and, cause I, and you saw it as like, hey, this is going to help grow the Broke Agent brand, but that's Matt's yes. deal? Yes. So I, I thought of it okay. like Barstool. I was just like, all right, Matt is the first kind of creator talent under the Broke Agent brand. So he's going to do these interviews. And I, I would sit on sit with him for a 45 minute Zoom before the interviews and we go over all the questions like titles, everything we wanted to do. So I was the one publishing it to YouTube. I was the one communicating with the clip guy. I mean, Matt and I both and figuring out like what the thumbnails and what the edits and everything should look like. But he did the first six or seven episodes by himself interviewing Sirhan, uh, right when he launched Sirhan, which was an awesome interview, Jordan Cohen, uh, Mauricio, uh, Maya Vander from Selling Sunset. Like we came out with absolute bangers at the beginning. And then I came in 
and I was nervous as hell to even do podcasts. I, I was like, I don't know if I'm good on the mic. I don't know if I'm good on long form. Do I have anything to add? And I realized that the more you talk about stuff and these ideas, the way better you are at executing them and the way, the way better, uh, as I'm talking about how I could formulate my thoughts, I can't even articulate it in the right way, which is kind of ironic, but I just, <laughs> I was, I became way better on camera and I became way better at delivering messages and understanding the way I think about content because I actually have to talk about it and ask questions. And then I got so much value out of the guests as you get value out of your guests. Like it's just the networking you get from podcasting is more incredible than the listens. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I, so at this last weekend, I sat down with someone who was launching a podcast and they were, uh, I was just downloading and they were like, what do I need to know? What would you do different if you were starting over today? And I was just letting them have it. And it helped me really become conscious of a lot. And the people that I've met through this podcast is so much more valuable than any, like how do you monetize the show? You know, how do you get Mm -hmm. sponsors for the show? That's all great. And that's all possible. Of course. Um, it's not nearly as lucrative as you might think when it comes to sponsorship, but, um, there are some dollars there, but when you can, when you can become, you can make yourself a leader in the industry you're in just by talking with other leaders. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, it, I run into all these other leaders, and I feel like they're a peer, like mm-hmm. we're equals, and we are because of this fucking show. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, think about our relationship started. I came on your podcast right, right. in 2019, exactly. or was it 2020, something like that. Like that's how we started communicating with each other. Yeah. So, and I've made so many friends through the podcast that I now see consistently at real estate conferences that I learned so much more about content, like interviewing the Ken Pozaks and the Tom stories about real estate YouTube. I took so much away from those episodes. I was, you know, doing this selfishly for myself. I'm like, I'm learning from the best people in the real estate industry right now. And now I'm going to use everything that this person was talking about for our own content. So podcasting is great. It's just, it's a pain, it's a pain in the ass for sure. Sure. To schedule like if you're doing it weekly as uh, you've done it for how many episodes? This you is 291. Years, right? 291. 291 straight every week. So, every week. That's incredible. And it, it's that consistency. Like if you just outlast everybody too in the podcast game, especially in the real estate podcast game, you're going to be big because there aren't that many people that are going to do this consistently, especially real estate agents. They're going to say they're going to start a podcast, they'll film two episodes, then they'll forget about it, never mention it again like it never happened. Because that's, of course, right? Like if you're not doing it with, a, and the fact that you don't have a co-host too and you're you're doing it consistently, that's extremely impressive. We actually just ended the Overass podcast as we're talking about it today. Right. So it's a sad day for go. the industry, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I, I was expecting, <laughs> I wasn't actually ex- expecting, but I was thinking there'd be a few DMs saying, oh man, that sucks. Not one. <laughs> there oh, wasn't shit. one. There, there were some nice comments, comments though, right? It. Yeah, there were some nice yeah. comments, but nothing like, oh man, I was looking forward to you guys every week, <laughs> which was kind of disheartening. But we, we didn't end it because we don't want to continue it. We ended it. We just, we felt a plateau and anytime you're doing content and you feel yourself kind of just producing something just to produce something, that's when you know that it's not going to come across as dynamic as it used to, or as entertaining or as valuable. If you're just going with the motions and you're like, well, I do this every week. So I'm doing it again this week. And then you're trying to find guests and we're, we're going to evolve the show. We're going to do something that's more in person and, 
we're probably going to do seasons where maybe it's eight episodes or 12 episodes as opposed to doing it every week. That way we can really focus on the quality and not put out some episodes that just suck, you know, because that happens. If you're doing it every week, you're going to put out episodes that suck. Dude, that's most of my show. I, <laughs> I, I feel like that's most of my show, except for a few good ones most here there. Most of it sucks, yeah. It's, it's like golf. It's just a bunch of misery uh, with the occasional great shot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you can feel it. Like there is, there is sometimes where Matt and I, we're, we're both just kind of sitting there with our eyes rolling in the back of our heads and we're just asking the same questions. And, you know, we, we felt it. We both, I gave him a call and we were both on the understanding, like we want to improve the show. And it's very difficult also over Zoom because right. it's hard to interact with the other person. The camera could be blurry, the Wi-Fi. I mean, you've been on the walkthrough. There's always a million issues. Like it's easier, it's easier in person, I think, but. It's tough to do that. It's tough to get 52 different guests. Yeah. And yeah, it's more expensive industry. to do it in person. I yeah. mean, it's, I, there's pros and cons, of course. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is it, like over five and a half years of doing the show, I've absolutely wanted to quit many times. Yeah. I've been, I've had many periods of being super uninspired where maybe I should have taken a break and didn't. And I'm sure that it came through in the, the lack of energy or the lack of passion in the episodes while at the same time, here's what's crazy. Well, first off I'm stubborn and I just decided five and a half years ago, I'm just going to do a show every fucking week. And every week, even if I'm like, Oh shit, I don't even know what to do. I've got to record this today. I haven't even thought about it till now. It's just not an option to not do it. Mm-hmm. And and maybe to my standards, it might not be the best. But what I've learned, and this is really, it's kind of heavy. It's usually the episodes that I'm ready to delete because I think they're shit. I think they're uninspired. Or maybe I think I'm, I'm too, I don't know. I, I just don't like it for whatever reason. Those are usually the episodes that I get the most comments on usually the ones that I get the most messages from where people like, Hey, this, this, I learned something or you really spoke to me. You know, I needed to hear that shit like that. And I have to keep reminding myself that it's not just about me anymore. This isn't just me doing my podcast. Like there's people that I'm reaching. And so I, Mm -hmm. I feel a responsibility, um, I don't know. So, so that definitely keeps me going. So even though it may be shit in my eyes, (laughs) one person maybe needed to hear that, that shitty thing said that way because of the place they're in. It's interesting, man. Just remember content is you're, you're not doing it for you. There's lots of benefits for, for you, but you're doing it for the people that you're trying to reach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, it's changed your life, Eric. It's changed my life, but your content has changed a lot of lives as well. Mm-hmm. I imagine you've saved a lot of people from leaving the industry because you, you know, the frustration that you gave a voice to it, you know, you gave an outlet almost to a lot of people and I'm sure you get messages uh, to that end. But um, just, just remember that you're doing the content for the people you're speaking to. Yes. And that's a, a, an important way to look at it. Because when we have a guest on and we're not feeling our best or we're not being witty or we're depressed or whatever, the fact that that person is there and that person's delivering value and that there is someone on the other end of that. Because I always try to think, and this was another reason that 
we just we, we put the podcast on delay. There's someone else that's taking the time out of their day to listen to the podcast. There's someone right. else that's editing the podcast. There's a thumbnail that's going up. There's a video. There's a blog being written. Now that this is BAM and it's not just me and it's not just Matt and it's not just us publishing it, there's so many other people that I felt responsible for this. Like if someone is going to do a thumbnail, we're going to come up with a title, we're going to do the YouTube tags, it's going to be published to Anchor, I'm going to put it in the email, there's a sponsor behind it. Like so, you know, this has to get listens. And then there's other people that are taking the time to click on this and actually sit there for 40 minutes and listen to us talk. This has to be really good. That that's just kind of where I shifted to and where where, where Matt and I shifted where we just said, "All right, little pause here but i totally respect the fact that you've been doing it every single day for five years it's like i've been doing the broke agent every single day for nine years you know it's just it, the yeah. podcast is way harder to to, to post than a, a meme or a clip of course but i don't know i i don't know i get more burned out from from daily social posting for yeah. sure and i don't do it every day i mean i usually do but um like dude i i just came out of a rut myself yeah. where I, I went with my family to Florida for a week. And then I, I had a, a week right after that of traveling to a couple different conferences. And I only posted a couple times, did a few stories. But I feel so recharged and refocused and just ready to fucking, just ready to go Yeah, um, because I took that break. But it, it's all exhausting. It's all exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> You still have to do it. Because what's the yeah. alternative, you know? Well, the Being alternative is someone else is, is doing it. Yeah, someone else is doing it. And that's exactly that's just what, always, what, just that's what always drives to, me. Inman's yeah. posting. Yeah. Housing Wire's posting. The Real yes. Deal's posting. They're going to do video content. They're going to start evolving. So if we don't stay on top of it, somebody else is going to do it. So That's it, that's, man. That's yeah. the fear. It's the fear and the anger that, that drives that drives and there's me some to ambition just in there. Going on this. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we want to take over Good. the real estate industry. I want this to be the biggest real estate media company on earth. I want the broke agent and bam to be synonymous with real estate education, humor, success, all that. Like I want when people think about real estate news, they go on bam. When people think education, when people think podcasts, when people think merchandise, when people think events, I want all of that to be under bam. And I think we will get there. I just know it's been a year and three months this is going to be a long ass journey and this is going to take, this is going to take everything. Like this is this, nothing comes easy, right? I know that's the the cliche of anyone that's built anything successful. And we're far from, from this being uh, successful is just knowing that this is what it's going to take, but I know. So it's going to work. I love it, man. Yeah. And some of the comments I got from people about BAM at this forward event, people say, wow, how did BAM dominate so fast? Like, isn't it crazy? That's cool. Your perspective is just yours. And it's because yeah. you're in the middle of it. You're, you're the one feeling the frustration. You're the one having to deal with something not happening as fast or it just didn't work. Or, you know, you launch a new show, eh, that didn't work. And, you know, so but no one else is seeing that. They're just seeing like the the finished product, and they're like, "Oh my god, Bam is everywhere. They're in my inbox. They're in every every news feed. Everyone's talking about them." Yeah, it's a great reminder. Uh, another good reminder is even if people aren't consuming the actual content, they are seeing that you're creating it, and that yes. is a way that people get reminded. Like if you're a real estate agent and your video sucks, 
or your video sucked, maybe it didn't get a bunch of views. A lot of people still saw it, right? People still saw that you posted and that's still engraved in their head. So I always try to think about that too, is even if people don't watch a specific show or don't read a specific blog, they still see, holy shit, there's you know thousands of blogs on the site now. There's a show every single day. There's the hot sheet that's live every single day. There's Bam X, there's videos, there's this. Like They're seeing it all. And then in their head, they're probably like, damn, this is epic. And in my head, I'm saying, yeah, that show got 20 views. And right. no one cared. And it took you know six hours of, of manpower to actually create it and post the clips and everything. But yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to have a, a, a derogatory view on this. I'm very excited and happy and proud of everything that we're doing. It's, it's not just, derogatory. No, yeah. I, I think this this is real shit. Yeah. This is so many people just see the highlights. They see they see what we want people to see. They don't see the behind the scenes. So if anything, this is super encouraging to everybody listening. That that that's why I wanted to have this conversation. It's um it's fucking hard. And it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's exhausting. But it's worth it. Yes. Yes, it is. Should we talk about yeah. threads again? I think Threads is dead by now. I'm, I'm kidding. They? We just have I mean, a great deep conversation. I just pull it right back to talking about Threads. I mean, 40 minutes ago they were still alive. I don't, I don't know if that's still. I the think case. the app. Is, I, I think the app is gone now. I think we, it's we need vanished from my USA phone. Today fact check here. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, is Threads still alive? Exactly. Um, yeah, dude. No, I appreciate you coming on and, and just having this conversation. It's uh, it's cool to. It's cool to see what what you've built, and it, I love getting your perspective because you dive into all the platforms, all the content at a higher level than me, and you see a lot more. Your numbers are bigger, so you have more data, and it's always interesting to see. Um, and it's also a great reminder to hear that you have the same struggles that literally every other business owner does. Every agent that's watching your shit and laughing, you have the same struggles and frustrations that they do. Oh, absolutely. There's there's so much content we put out that just does not perform the way we want it to perform. All the time. So if you're if you're watching this and you're producing content and you're upset or frustrated with the results, it takes an enormous amount of time. I mean, the broke agent Instagram is not from a couple of viral posts, right? It's from zero followers to what it is now because of doing this two or three times a day for the last eight and a half years. So it's just, it's, it's nonstop and you don't need some viral piece or anything like that. You just need to consistently show up, which you have done with this podcast and what we're doing on a daily basis in your email inbox. That's right. Yeah. Do you ever want to quit doing the broke agent content? You ever want to give it up? Are you kidding me? I mean, (laughs) yes, of of course. Like I, I can't be doing the broke agent real estate memes when I'm 40, I feel like then it starts to get kind of weird, (laughs) you know, like I, I feel like there's a a meme age, you know, you could be anywhere from 16 to maybe 37, 38. I don't know. I don't want to discourage. I don't know, dude. I just turned 40 and I think I'm funnier than ever. Yeah. You you have been creating memes, but I, I don't know. I, (laughs) yeah, I I hear you think, I think at, at some point there will be someone else to eventually at least take over the broke agent side and I could focus more on the marketing and the blogging and everything, but I'm good at it, right? I, I know what hits with the audience. I know how to find jokes out of certain videos. I know how to craft text. I know how to format captions. That's not something I would relinquish anytime soon, but I don't plan on creating real estate memes when I'm 45 years old. How about that? Like I plan on running a media company, hopefully, and still uh, maybe creating memes. Dude, I, I love this because you it it blows my mind how many agents don't 
think about their own careers this way. They're probably listening. They're like, yeah, yeah. But when do you plan on not selling homes anymore? Right. When do you, when was the last time you thought about your fucking exit strategy? I mean, you, you speak to some of these agents that are like, I've been selling houses for 40 years. Why? Like, that's not a badge of honor. Like that shows me you have a serious lack of ambition or you're unwilling to take a, a big step. I don't know. Like build a business for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. And to hear that you are thinking about, well, you obviously have BAM, but you're thinking about, okay, what's next? Like when you outgrow doing the broke agent content and you're just running or owning the business, both, you know, what does that look like? That's a healthy conversation. Those are, those are quality questions far. There's not nearly enough agents asking quality questions about themselves. At Mm -hmm. what point are they going to be able to stop selling homes? When do they want to stop? And I don't mean quit. I mean, you're just not doing it anymore because you built a business. Yeah. You're out of production. You have a team that's doing it for you. We see it all the time. Yeah. We see it all the time. And yet agents don't think about their own exit strategy. And I am on a fucking mission to change that. You're going to see a serious shift in my messaging over the next little bit um, Mm -hmm. about that. Because this show is for agents who are entrepreneurs. And if you just want to sell 10 more houses this year and then do it again the next year and the next year and the next year, you you may not need this show anymore. Because we're going to be talking about how to get out of that shit. Um, I don't know. I got a big bug up my ass this week about it. I just got fired up and, <laughs> and re-inspired about yeah. Because I've done that myself, yeah, and I know fresh, how you're fresh off of a real estate conference. That's why you're talking like this. You're all fired up. You went to the. I'm Ford hopped event. up on Ed Milet, dude. Yeah, exactly. Of course. You, yeah, get the fuck out of my way. I'm hopped up on Ed Milet. Right. Um, but I've been able. My life has been so. My lifestyle is so amazing because I've been able to build a business and a brand. And I, I had a realization this weekend. I'm like, why am I not just turning around and speaking to the people that are that have the desire to do it and have no idea? And mm-hmm. I can just help them along. And that's where we're going. So yeah, I'm excited that. about that. Love that. Yeah, buddy. It's a good episode. Dude, good yeah. thread. Good thread talk. Good content. I feel like the talk. whole threads thing ruined it in the beginning. Anyone who survived the, the thread <laughs> I don't think, talk, I don't think it was bad. I think we were just it's it's topical right now. Maybe. Maybe lead with the other stuff, though. I don't know if yeah. you could reverse it or something. Have the other yeah, we might chop it, it and, and reorder it, or I'll just make sure to tell people, make sure you outlast the first 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was a bad listen. I think it, it wasn't. Okay. I think it was just, you know, we're, we're talking th- threads. It's, yeah, it's relevant right now. But I'll put my marketing yeah. hat on in the intro and just say, and make sure you stay through the end because we will deliver X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Which is better than what you're about to hear. Yes. <laughs> or, exactly. or more thought provoking or whatever the fuck. Yes. I don't know. I'm done. Okay. Eric. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. This of is course. good stuff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for sticking through and listening to that conversation. I hope that it was helpful for whoever it's supposed to be helpful for. Uh, I felt that we just needed to have this raw conversation, kind of this back and forth with, uh, so you can kind of see behind the scenes. I get comments all the time about uh you know people who from people that only see the highlights of what i'm doing online they only see the highlights and they don't see all the shit behind the scenes they don't see all the frustration or the the stuff that we have to endure they don't see all that stuff so i just wanted to be 
raw, open, and transparent to help you see that you are not alone in this shit. This is just how it works. If you're going to build something that's worth having, it's going to be difficult and you're not alone in it. So I hope that was helpful. And if you are trying to build something as a real estate agent that is meaningful, you're going to need to follow people who have already done the thing. You're going to need to follow experts on certain topics who already know how to build the thing you want to build, whether that's uh, you know objection handling, whether that's how to grow your audience on Instagram. Uh, there's so many different courses available on the new BAMX platform. I cannot recommend this thing enough for as little as 10 bucks a month, for as little as like one fancy Starbucks coffee a month. Hell, is that even 10 bucks anymore? It might even be more for one of the fancy frou-frou-y deals with all the the shit. I don't know. I just get Americanos. I'm really, I'm really boring at Starbucks, but you get the point for just 10 bucks a month for as little as 10 bucks a month. You can get access to BAM X and get all of these courses on demand at your fingertips. And they're adding new courses, this, you know, beginning to end, here's what to do and how to do it courses every single month. They're adding new content. You can get yourself a 10% off discount. It's already cheap as shit, but you can get yourself 10% off for the year if you use code MASSIVE at checkout. All of this can be found over at MassiveAgentPodcast.com slash BAMX. Remember code MASSIVE to get your discount, but check out this amazing educational platform that BAM has built, and I'm going to be contributing a course of my own fairly soon, so stay tuned for that. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. If, As always, if you can share this with an agent who needs to hear it, help them to he- help them to get the inspiration that they need. You can have an impact on other agents just by recommending stuff that's going to be helpful for them because you don't know who's struggling with certain things. It's amazing how I've come across uh, pieces of content randomly because someone just shared it that I needed and it absolutely opened up a whole new world of information that I needed at the time, uh, whether that's coming across certain certain people that I now follow or certain courses that I've taken or, or podcasts that I now listen to, or just people I follow on social, whatever, just because someone randomly shared it, you don't know who's going to see it when you share it. And the people who do see it, you can make a major impact on their life just by hitting share. So please help us to do that and help us to grow the audience of this show to more real estate agents who need this shit because they don't get it from their freaking broker. Let's be honest. The brokers are not, you're not getting this stuff from your broker. If you are, awesome, but I bet you're not, unfortunately. So share it wherever you can on Facebook, share a link in the Facebook group, take a screenshot of the podcast, put it in your Instagram story, whatever you need to do, tell a friend, help us out, help them out, help us grow the show. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Thank you. And remember to get your spot for our webinar training. I'm more excited about this webinar, this this training that I'm doing than almost anything because I know that what I'm going to be teaching you has actually made the biggest impact on my personal life. Not just my life, but the other agents that I've shared it with. We've seen dramatic results happen quickly. We've seen dramatic shifts in health and happiness and our incomes and the quality of our relationships and and our self-worth and everything. I mean, th- this is real shit. This is not just how to sell five more houses this month. This is how to have an amazing freaking life and to build a giant business that thrives and to eventually step the hell out of sales. 
I'm going to teach you all of it, but you have to get your butt in the seat. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash webinar. Go register today. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>